Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for watching the Plain Sense Telecast Ministry. And also for those who are listening to this ministry, thank you for listening to the ministry. Our purpose here at the Plain Sense is to make God's Word simple and understandable. And also our purpose is to teach the Word of God as is given to us. I ask that you pray for this ministry and also ask that you pray that God would receive the glory through this ministry. Pray for me as well as I teach the Word of God because I need His wisdom and His guidance and knowledge. I also ask that you pray that many would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Many would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask that you pray and, and seek God and ask God to save souls for His own glory because salvation belongs to the Lord. Thank you again for watching the telecast today. Today's topic is going to be knowing God. I want to turn this into a mini series of knowing God. Why should we know God? What is the point of knowing God? And before we get into the topic of why should we know God, let's open up with prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us to come together to learn about your word, to learn about you so that we may worship you better, so that we may live a life that brings glory to you. Father, I ask that you bless those who are watching and those who will be watching and those who are listening. I pray, Lord, whatever needs they have, that you would reach out to them, Father, and give them help, oh, Father. I pray that you heal those who are suffering through sicknesses, illnesses, and viruses, oh, Father. I pray that you touch them and heal them, oh, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you be with all of us, oh, Father. I pray that you help us lead Lord, in a way that, that glorifies you, in a way that we would honor you, Father. We need your help. We need your help, O oh Father. I pray, Lord, that you save the souls, O oh Father. I pray that many people will come to know the true living God. I pray that they will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Father. Open their hearts. Open their hearts to the gospel. Open their hearts to your message. Open their hearts to your word, O oh Father. Thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Knowing God. What is this knowing God about and why should we know God? Why should we care about knowing God? After all, we're all saved. After all, we're safe. After all, we're secure. We have a place in heaven. So what is the point of knowing God? As Christians, we may have made some claims that we know God really well. My question for you is how well do you know the God that you claim to know? How well do you know him? How well do you know Jesus Christ? How well do you know your Savior to make that claim? For example, we see Paul making a claim that I have fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Paul should have been very confident in his ministry to make those statements. Can you make such a statement that I know my God well? I'm not asking you to make a statement to somebody else. I'm asking you to make a statement to God. Can you make that statement to God that I know you, Lord, well, wholeheartedly and boldly? If you don't and cannot say that to God, then there is a problem that you need to work on. Knowing God is very important for us believers. There are several reasons that I want to show here why we should know God and hopefully that God will use this message to stir up your heart so that you would know God more than before. Let's look at Hosea chapter 4. In the book of Hosea, the word of the Lord came to the prophet, and this is what it said. Hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel. Hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel. For the Lord has a case against you. And what is that case? There is no 
truth in the land or in the inhabitants of the land, and there is no faithful love. Moreover, there is no knowledge of God. There is no truth, there is no faithful love, and there is no knowledge. That is the case that God is making against the people of Israel through the prophet Hosea or through the book of Hosea. And we look at Hosea 4.6. In Hosea 4.6, the text says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge of God. For the lack of knowledge of God, they are destroyed. Here God makes a case against the priests, priests in their times, who should be leading people in the way of the Lord, who should be leading people in Torah, in the law, who should be teaching people to be obedient to the Lord, to follow His commandments, to follow His statutes, to follow His ordinances, to completely dedicate their lives to God. That is what they're supposed to be doing. That is the priest, not just offering sacrifices and doing some prayers and walking away, but they're supposed to lead the people in the right way, in the way of the Lord. Are they doing it? No. So God is making case against these priests. My people are destroyed. May, look at that statement. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Within the same chapter, this is the second time we see that. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from serving as my priest. There is the case against the priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your sons declaration is made. The problem here is the people are without knowledge of God. Who are the reason? The priests are also part of the reason, not just people. In, in the book of Hosea, if we look at the book of Hosea, people were rejoicing in sin. They don't even know anymore that they are fully dedicated to committing sin. They don't even realize that they are worshiping Baal and thinking that they're worshiping Yahweh. Their minds are blinded. They don't know what they were doing, basically. They think Baal and Yahweh are sin. They don't have any knowledge of Yahweh. They were given to temple prostitution and so forth. There's so much of sin in Ephraim, in the, in the part of Israel, in the northern part of Israel. So God is making a case against these people. You don't have knowledge about me. You don't have knowledge of God. And priests, you're also part of the reason because my people are being destroyed and you are responsible for that. So we see here the key theme or key topic that people lack the knowledge of God. Would it be nice if they had knowledge about God? Would it be nice if Israelites were aware of God, of what He has done, of who He is, and what He promised, what He's going to do? Wouldn't it be nice? But have they kept their faith and trust in the Lord? Have they obeyed the Lord? No, we see that if you look at Hosea, we see how corrupt they were. So this is talking in the context of Israel not having the knowledge of God, not having the knowledge of God, and also the priests leading them in the wrong direction. Basically, they don't really care. What we learn here is the term knowledge, the key term. It appears 89 times in the Hebrew Bible. Yadayat or Yada, in different variations maybe in forms. But the basic sense is knowledge to have a knowledge of something here, to have knowledge of God. The sense of this word, it doesn't tell us that the people of Israel have no clue about Yahweh altogether. It's not that they have no idea. It's, it's not that they don't know Yahweh. <laughs> we see this similar phrase in the book of Judges. That generation did not know God. Not that they don't know who Yahweh is. Obviously, 
God has done so many things and God told their ancestors to teach his ways. They know who Yahweh is, but they did not acknowledge. Same thing here in the book of Hosea. They did not acknowledge God. They did not care. They didn't give a second thought about Yahweh. They were so busy immersing themselves in sin and enjoying and rejoicing their lives, serving other gods and goddesses. So here, the word doesn't give the sense that they never heard about Yahweh. They know, but they did not give any importance to God or they did not give any importance knowing Yahweh. That's a problem. Therefore, they are so much in sin. Even the book of Hosea says, it is not God who doesn't want people to come back to Him. Don't blame on God. It is their sin that's leading them away from God. God wants people to come to Him. Even this day, He's not at return because He wants people to believe in Him. He's waiting that somebody would believe in Him. You know, we hear some people mocking, well, where is this Christ? You said He's going to come back. He's not going to come back. This is all myth. No, it's not myth. Just hold on. He's waiting so that somebody else, maybe someone else will believe in him so that he could offer forgiveness, so that he could offer eternal life. And here, God's word says in the book of Hosea, it's not that I don't want my people to come back to me. I want them to come back to me. But their lack of knowledge and their, their involvement in sin, their living in sin is what carrying them away, further and further away from me. God wants to destroy them. But then we also see the love of God in the book of Hosea. Oh, Ephraim, oh, Judah, how can I forsake you? How can I leave you? That is the loving God that we see in the book of Hosea. But the point here is that these people are being destroyed for the lack of knowledge. There is no knowledge of God. It applies to us too, right? Even in our churches today. How many of us can boldly say that I have knowledge of God? Not knowledge about God, but knowledge of God. How many of us can boldly say that we know God, that you know your God? Do you know your God? Or do you think you know your God? Knowing God is very important in a Christian's life. Why should we know God? Hosea 6, 6 tells us that. Why should we know God? Because that is the desire of God, that we know Him. That is the desire of God, that we know Him. I'm going to repeat that again. Why should we know God? Because that is God's desire that we may know Him. The text says, For I desire faithful love and not sacrifice. I desire faithful love, not sacrifice. I desire knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Hear that? I desire faithful love and not sacrifice. I desire knowledge of God, not your burnt offerings. What are your offerings? They're nothing to me, says God in his text. They're nothing to me. I desire your love. I desire your knowledge of me, of God. That is the desire of God. So why should we know God? Because that is the desire of God. God did not create us you know, as sort of wild donkeys so we can roam around aimlessly without any goals, without any purpose in some wilderness. God didn't create us as some of those wild donkeys. 
He created us so that we may enjoy Him. That's why He created. He created us so that we could live our lives for His own glory. He created us so that we can have fellowship with the Almighty God, with the Creator God. He didn't create us like slaves to make us work like animals for Him. Yes, God gave some tasks to Adam when He created Adam and Eve. When He created especially Adam, Adam was supposed to work, work the land. He was a responsible person. God gave him responsibility, yes. But that doesn't mean he made him as a servant, as a slave. In fact, God put everything that he created under the dominion of man. Look at the status of man in the eyes of the Lord, in the heart of our Lord. He loves mankind. He desires to be in fellowship with him, to be in relationship with him. And God created us to be in fellowship with him to know about God so that we would worship Him, so that we could passionately serve our Savior. He created us with a purpose. In fact, the world that we live in right now, the world that we enjoy is God's world. It is He who runs it. <laughs> so in a sense, we owe everything to the Creator God. This is His. The earth is His footstool. We just think too big of ourselves. We're too prideful. Oh, I'm so-and-so. Who cares if you're so-and-so? God doesn't care if I'm so-and-so and you're so-and-so. This is His. We are living at the mercy of God. So we must be thankful to God instead of being boastful and pride and arrogant. As if God owes us everything. He doesn't owe us anything. We owe Him everything because we're living in His space. This is created by Him. All things are created for Him. And by him. So, why should we know God? Because that is the desire of God, that we know him, the desire of God. Think about that. The place that we live in is God's footstool. Why we are even living today is because of God's grace, nothing else. Nothing more than that is because of God's grace. And we learn from the very beginning it is God's desire to have fellowship with mankind. When we look at the pages of Torah, we learn how God came to rescue human beings. We learn how God came to rescue his people. We learn how we brought them out of the land of Egypt from the bondage of Egypt. We learn how he took care of him in every step and provided them and protected them. We know how he brought them into the land, the promised land. And God told them simple things. You must obey me so I can bless you. God's desire is to bless them, but in order to be blessed, you must obey me. Obviously, we know from the pages of the scripture that people disobeyed God, and so they were cursed. From the very beginning, God even gave them the book of Leviticus, where it talks about being holy. Why? Because God is holy, and he wants everybody else to know the God of Israel, and also the people of Israel are a special people. They didn't live the standards God set. And we know from the pages of Torah that God wants His people to learn Him, to learn His ways, His statutes, His ordinances. Why? Because they would be their beloved children, His beloved children, so that they would know God and thus live godly lives. The God of the Bible is unique compared to any other God in the history of this universe. In his book, Knowing God, J.I. Packer says, Knowing God 
is crucially important for the living of our lives. Knowing God is crucially important for the living of our lives. I understand this as knowing God is tied up as how we live our lives. So why should we know God? That is the desire of God. Why should we know God? So that we may worship Him. So that we may worship Him. How are we to worship God when we don't know Him? Well, we make, again, we can make claims that I know my God. I'm so faithful in attending services. I'm so faithful in involving in this ministry and that ministry. I'm just so faithful reading my scripture. I'm so faithful in praying. But yet you may not know God personally. Think about that. Why should we know God? So that we may worship God. Prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is a form of worship. Why should we know God? So that we may worship Him. We may know about God by reading literature about him or even by reading the scripture we may know about him at the same time really not know about him by that i mean at the same time we may not have a personal relationship with him we may not know him on a personal level j.i packer again says to be preoccupied with getting theological knowledge as an end in itself to approach bible study with no higher a motive than a desire to know all answers is the direct route to a state of self-satisfied self-deception. I mean, we can have all kinds of head knowledge. We read other books too, right? We can have all kinds of head knowledge. But the question is, do you have personal knowledge of God? Not the head knowledge. What good is it to have head knowledge about God, but not have personal knowledge about Him? If we have a simple head knowledge about God, do we really have knowledge about God? Do we really know God? Well, I've been in Bible college for so many years, so I know my God. Obviously, I've took so many classes about God himself, so I know him. You may not know him after all. We can make all kinds of claims and justify that we know God. But watch out. You may really not know God. Why should we know God? So that we may not be destroyed. That's right. Why should we know God? So that we may not be distorted, carried away by insignificant and unnecessary things in life. Now, what is my point here? If we do not know God personally, intimately, then yes, we can be influenced by other things. We can be occupied with other things that will lead us far away from God. You may ask, can those who claim to be Christian be carried away with these worldly things? The answer is yes, of course. We are already occupied with worldly things. On daily basis, we give importance to something else. We are always giving our time to something else or someone else instead of meditating on the Word of God, instead of rejoicing and enjoying God, instead of learning God through His Word. We are already wasting our time, wasting our lives. So yes, of course, we can be carried away by worldly things. If we do not know God, like I said, we'll be destroyed. And obviously, we let sin control us. If we are not occupied with the Word of God, if we don't know the Word of God, if we don't know who God is, we will let sin control us. Sin's already always, always wanting to get us. And you know that. Sin will get us if we let it in. But when we know God, we will not let that sin come close. We will not let sin control us. We won't let that sin influence us when you know God personally. Not head knowledge. If you know God just in the head, that's no good. But if you know God personally, you will not get carried away 
by otherworldly things or sinful things. When we know God personally, we won't let anything, anything really, any unnecessary thing influence or take us away from God because our thoughts, our minds, and our whole being is controlled by the knowledge of God. Do you have knowledge of God or do you have knowledge about God? Which one is it? Why should we know God? Professor John Frame in his teachings, now I'm completely paraphrasing this, in his teachings or at the end of the teachings, he would tell his students to have a receptive heart. In order to learn the Word of God, in order to study theology, in order to understand God, we must be receptive. We must go to God with a heart to learn. He uses an example of Samuel when he was a child. When God calls Samuel, Samuel, Samuel replied what? Here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. We must go to the Lord with a receptive heart, with an open heart to learn from God. If you are to know God, we must go to Him with an open heart. We must be obedient to God. We must be submissive to God. We must study His Word, not merely reading the book that we have, that is the Bible, not merely reading it for the sake of fun or to fill in the gaps in our busy day. We must dedicate ourselves, our lives, to know God as a Christian. If you don't know your God, you don't know Him. If you don't know your God personally, you don't know Him. See what Paul said and how he longed to know God in Philippians 3, 7-11. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. Everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in the view, in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Can you make that statement? Everything is lost for me in the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, my Savior, my Lord. Because of Him I have suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung, worthless thing, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Watch this. What is his goal? What is he longing for? Look at this. My goal is to know him. What is your goal? Is your goal to know the Lord? Is your goal to know your Savior? The Savior that you claim to be your Savior. Is your goal to learn him so that you may have a personal relationship with him? Look at that. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being confirmed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. What is his goal here in this book? That he may know him, that Paul may know him. Isn't it amazing? The one who wrote 13 plus books in the New Testament is telling us that his goal is to know his Savior. The goal is to know Jesus Christ, his Lord. What is our goal? What is your goal? What is your aim? Where are you in the knowledge of God? Are you preoccupied with the knowledge of everything else besides God? Where are you in the knowledge of God? Look at what Psalmist says in 119 Psalm 
Obviously, there are several passages that we can look at, but I have few that we're, we're going to look at now. In Psalm 119, 12, the text says, Lord, may you be blessed. Lord, may you be blessed. Here's a statement. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. He's willing to learn. He's receptive to learn. Teach me, Lord, your statutes. That was his desire. Teach me your statutes so that I can learn your statutes. Psalm 119, 18. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. 119.97. How I love your instruction. Can we say that? How I love your word when it makes me feel good. No, that's not what God is asking. How I love your your teachings, your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. When was the last time that we asked God to teach us His instruction? Psalm 119.103, How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Can we make the claims of psalmist that is making here? We must be really confident to make those claims. Are we confident? Are you confident that you know your God? Are you open? to know your God personally. According to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3, Jesus in his prayer tells this, this is eternal life that they may know you. This is eternal life. This is in his prayer. This is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God, not just any God, the only true God and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. What is eternal life? Knowing God is eternal life. Knowing God is eternal life. Don Carson in the Gospel of John commentary says, To know God is to be transformed. Is to be transformed. When we look back at John 17, 3, This is eternal life that they may know you. Again, knowing God is eternal life. Carson says, This is knowledge of the only true God. But because this one true God had supremely revealed himself in the person of his Son, knowledge of God cannot be divorced from the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Indeed, knowledge of Jesus Christ, whom God has sent, is the ultimate access to knowledge of God. Do you? have knowledge of God? Do you know God on a personal level? Why should we know God? That is a desire of God himself that we may know him, that we should know him. Why should we know God? So that we may not perish, we may not be destroyed. Why should we know God so that we could worship him better? Singing a few songs doesn't mean anything. When you know your God truly, when you truly know who your God is, you will truly worship Him. Knowing God gives us eternal life. In fact, knowing God is eternal life. Here's my statement. Without personal knowledge of God, you truly do not know your God. Without personal knowledge of God, you truly do not know the God that you claim to be your God. Do you want to know God? Get to His Word now. God speaks to us through His Word. We as believers must know God so that we can ignore every worthless thing in this world and focus on our Savior, on our Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you. Thank you for watching The Plain Sense. We are so glad to be a part of this ministry. And it's all because of the grace of our Lord that we are able to continue this ministry. You would find today's episode available on our YouTube channel, that's Dr. Joel Madasu's YouTube channel. 
Please subscribe to it, share it with all your family and friends and be a blessing to this ministry. And if you have any questions or concerns or any prayer requests, you can always feel free to write to us at support at joelmadasu.com. See you again at the same time on the same channel next week. Till then, please keep praying for this ministry. Thank you. God bless you.